0: Thanks for joining us for today's message, here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Hey, for those of you who maybe uh, are just exploring faith, or maybe you're, you're still kind of newer to Christianity, you know, this is a good time to think about the many questions that people have related to faith. COVID has definitely brought to the surface, for many people, what they're going to put their trust in. I know many people, and some I've talked to, some that are part of our church and some that are not, who who've just realized that because of COVID, so many of the other things they were putting their their trust in, so many of the other things they were dreaming about, some of them very good things, plans and opportunities, have all kind of paused. And in those moments of pause, I guess there are chances for us to reflect on what life really is all about. And so this morning and for the next week, I just want to encourage you to think about a topic that is really essential to understanding what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to call yourself a Christian. If, if you're a Christian and you've grown up in church and you understand the faith and many of you I know have been committed to God and have been faithful, you know, I want to talk to you about something that sometimes has maybe gone under the radar and many people have missed and COVID has brought it back to the surface. And that's this idea about what it means to believe that we are part of the church that we are part of a community of people called to worship God together. COVID, in some ways, has put a spotlight, almost like a flashlight, on this issue about what it means to be the church. And I know a lot of people who've said this to me, that they just like watching some teaching online, or listening to some preacher on the internet, but they have no interest of going back to church, or of sacrificing together as the church, or of really understanding their faith better once COVID is done. I mean, you don't have to really believe me. The stats are showing that the church is about to experience a major change as we think about what awaits us as we go through this period of COVID and then kind of open up the church and see people either return or wonder whether church even matters. To begin, I just want to ask you, like when you think of the word church, what comes to mind? Is it something positive or is it something negative? Is it a building or is it just hanging out with people you know? Think about the idea of church and how many different opinions there are out there about this idea of church. I mean, it isn't really, you don't have to go too far to kind of learn about even in the media or in reading a book that the church throughout history has not always acted and modeled what it means to be people who love Jesus and who also follow in his ways. I mean, this is the kind of series maybe for you or the kind of teaching that reminds us that as Christians, we're always drawn back to asking God for forgiveness for the ways that we've missed the opportunities to be his people. And it's in this context that we actually learn to look at the Bible and to understand how the Bible talks about this idea of the church. You might not know this, but I hope you have a Bible right now and maybe a notepad and you want to take some notes. But most of the New Testament is written to churches. People who had gathered together, set time aside to worship Jesus together. And they did this in many different ways. And I want to kind of take you back to a time in the beginning of the story of Christianity where the idea of church was a brand new idea. Actually, many of the early followers of Jesus had no idea what it really meant to be part of the church. Because after Jesus died and resurrected, it's Easter, right? The celebration of Easter, you know, the earliest followers have a chance to think about what it is that God wants to do now. You think about the things that God wants to do now in your life. The things that God wants to do in Sarnia, in your family, through the life of your kids and your grandchildren. We have all these questions and dreams and things we're passionate about. And we wonder, God, like, where are you sometimes as we look at our world that feels like maybe is paused or is going through a season of division and anger and injustice? And we're left to wonder, God, what are you going to do next? I think the earliest Christians who are following Jesus are wondering about that. And I mean, as we begin now, let me just ask you, if you could ask Jesus one question, what would you ask him? What's one question that keeps bubbling up to the surface that you wish you could ask him? I mean, I know people that would ask him, hey, tell us the truth about the vaccine. Or maybe can, I I want to know the truth about, you know, COVID and how dangerous it It really is. Or maybe you have another question you would ask Jesus. Maybe you would ask him about a son or a daughter who's walked away from the faith. And you want to know when they might come back and understand God's love in a new way. What would you ask Jesus? You know, after the resurrection, the Bible tells us that Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples. And he has a meal with them. And after, as they're eating, Jesus says something to them and then they get a chance to ask Jesus a question. This is what we're told in the book of Acts. It's a profound moment in the beginning of understanding what is this idea of the church. It says this, on one occasion, while he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. So Jesus says, listen, God the Father has a gift for you and you're going to experience this in a beautiful way. And then it says this, Then they gathered, the disciples gathered around him, and asked him, here's their question, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? It might sound like a strange question to us, that the disciples would ask Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, they could ask him anything, about pain in the world, about suffering in the world, about how to be rich, about all kinds of questions. They ask him, is this the time when the kingdom of Israel is going to finally come. That might be strange to us, but it's not strange to them. To the people following Jesus, to those earliest disciples, the Messiah was connected to Israel now being set free from Roman oppression. From them now having a, their own place to worship and to be the people of God, the way they believed Moses had talked about and the way they, they understood Jesus was talking about. And what they don't understand is that Jesus is talking is going to teach them that God is about to do something they never imagined. Maybe COVID is this time where God is teaching His church today that God is still in the business of doing things that we often can't fully understand or imagine ourselves. You know, I think right now as we think about being a church plant and as we think about doing what God's called us to do, that I'm doing something that I never imagined. And maybe God's preparing you to do something that you never imagined. You know, and this is a time in our lives maybe where we're called to maybe think about what it means to be a church that we never imagined we'd be. And I know for a lot of people, when they think about church, it's hard to connect how the kingdom of God and the church go together. So let me just go back to the Bible passage in Acts. If you remember, Jesus says, hey, hey before you understand what's going to happen next, you have to remember one thing. The God, the Father, the God I told you about, he loves to give you gifts. Now, you might know this, that the first gift that God gives to us is Jesus himself. He comes as a gift. I mean, Christmas is about that. We celebrate that and we can forget that except at Christmas time. But now Jesus says that there's another gift that God is going to give his disciples, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit that they still don't understand. And they're going to learn what it means to trust God and to step into this. And Jesus is going to clarify what this gift is going to be for. And this is what we're told in the book of Acts. Again, he says this, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by His own authority about what He's going to do with Israel and what's going to happen as it relates to the people of God, the Jewish people at this time, experiencing God's freedom. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says you have to understand this. That you being my followers is more than people just understanding that Judaism or Israel is finally going to have a safe place to call their kingdom. Or a safe piece of land to call home. That what's about to happen next is even people who are not Jewish are going to be invited to be part of this new family. This family of God that we often call the church. Now the Bible uses many images for the church. It uses the image of a body. If you think about it, you might even be able to name some of the images. It uses the image of a family. It uses the image of a temple. It also uses the image of a marriage or vine, uh, vine and vine branches. In a sense, the Bible uses all of these images to capture the mystery of what it means when people who follow Jesus were serious enough to start to share lives with one another. Now, I know many, many people that don't like that. Many people prefer having a version of God that's them and God by themselves. And actually technology just like this might sometimes fuel that idea. Now, I think there are times when we are alone with God and when we're experiencing personal devotion times with God, when we're learning how to pray. But really the Bible invites us to see God moving by His Spirit in this family of people who are learning to follow Jesus together. This idea of the church. And the truth is that we live at a time where many, many people still wonder what the place of the church might be in society and what it means to be with other people that you might not get along with all the time and you might not like. I know people that are part of the church and you know people that are part of the church that you might not even know or get along with. And this is exactly the thing that Jesus reminds them about, that they're going to need a special power, which is the power of the Holy Spirit, to be the church together. Where God teaches them and teaches us to be those who love one another and grow as, as, as the body of the church and learn to forgive one another and be this family in a way that requires more than just our goodwill or our need to be friendly or us. It, it actually requires the supernatural power that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, Jesus says we become witnesses of the fact that Jesus, who was dead, is now alive you know over the past few weeks one of the things we've done in our home with our kids is we've been helping them with their homework as we juggle online screen time and you know assignments on the internet and some of our kids go to school one day and one day off and you know if you're a parent you know this it's like a nightmare you know you're trying to figure out how to do it and and one of the things our kids have learned consistently over this time in one of their classes is about other religions Basically, they've learned about Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism and Christianity. And one of the classes in school is to learn about the major religions of the world. And I thought about how important that is that we are now living in a time that is so similar to the time when the church started in the Bible. When so many people had so many other options of things they could believe. And in the midst of that world, Jesus says, You now are going to be my witnesses that still to this day we live in a world where people are going to have so many other belief systems and other religions that they're gonna hear about your kids and my kids or grandchildren are gonna hear about and I grew up thinking that the point of the church is to hide from all of those other belief systems I often grew up thinking uh, the church is a is a safe place where we wait For God to just fix the problems of the world and we make sure that, you know, we don't get involved in anything that's happening in the world. And here's the truth and the biblical truth about what it means to be the church. That we are those called out of the world and because of the power of the Holy Spirit in us, we are called and are sent back into the world. This is something that is so hard for people to understand today. Because so many of us have learned and have come to believe that the church is just for us that the church in a sense becomes like a country club of people that look like us and people that we like and people that, that we get along with and the more we believe that the more we move away from the biblical truth about what it means to be the people who are filled with the Spirit so that we would be witnesses that God is doing something special in this family called the church you know as we've helped our kids to learn about these other religions we've rubbed shoulders with our neighbors and people in this province who want nothing to do with God And we've had to trust God the way you're going to have to trust God to say, God, what does it mean to hear your spirit lead us now? So we would be those who are set apart, called to learn what it means to follow you, Jesus, and at the same time then be ready that you're going to send us back into our world in a time where people are going to continue to have so many questions about what it means to really be the church. If you're taking notes, let me just say it again one more time. That the church has always been those called out of the world to worship Jesus, and then by the power of the Spirit to be sent back into the world. That the Spirit helps us to be those who worship and grow and love Jesus, and also the Spirit empowers us to be witnesses and to go into the world in the places of influence where we have a voice, where we can share, where we can be present with those who might not believe. It's not that everybody's going to be a missionary. It's not that everybody's going to go do something radical. Some of you might. Some of you might even be called to partner and be involved in a church plant. We don't know how God is going to work. But I want to tell you one last thing before I close. CBC ran a news story about the changing landscape of the church in Canada. This is what they said in that that story. They said every community in the country is going to see old church buildings shuttered, sold off, or demolished. Neighborhoods are going to have multiple churches closing. Some people qualify this as a crisis. It is going to hit everybody. You know, even secular society, the CBC, the paper, they're realizing that something is changing in our world where those who once had a dominant voice in society, Christians, certain people of influence connected to the Christian faith, are losing that influence. And we can spend time here mourning that and crying and thinking, oh, woe is us. And you know, and we can worry about that or we can decide to be the people who do what the earliest Christians did when they realized that Jesus was dead and now is alive. We can be those who commit together again to ask the Spirit of God to fill us with that power, not only the strength to understand that Jesus is Lord, but that Jesus is drawing people to himself And those people, as they gather to worship, are called the church. They're this new family of people learning to love one another and learning to serve one another the way Jesus served us. It's one of the greatest images that Jesus leaves his followers, that we would be those who wash each other's feet, that we would be those who care and serve and love one another and grow and even disagree with one another, and yet remember that we're called to love each other in the midst of our differences. I promise you this, if COVID has taught us anything, is that it's going to be impossible for us to do without the power of the Spirit. Because you and I know that many people that call themselves Christians to this day are the ones arguing on the internet, disagreeing with other people, causing division, instead of saying, Jesus, take us back to the time when you taught your earliest followers how to love you and how to be open to the fact that you were about to do something new. That their question about the kingdom of Israel was not the central question. But the fact that you were starting something even greater than just your people, the Jewish people. But that you were inviting others to be part of this family. People like you and me. Can you maybe think of someone that you know, that you can start praying for? Who over the next few weeks, as things open up, will be ready to connect. Might be ready to maybe ask new questions about faith as they wonder about you know what COVID has led them to start to question? And that maybe God would use you and God might be preparing temple right now to dream and to be ready for the kind of church he's calling you to be. Thanks for listening. And consider joining us live on Sundays at 9:15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com.